0: be silly not to take an opportunity in New Orleans and turn it into something amazing for that city that, you know, quite honestly, could use a, a lot of energy into, into it and could use a feel-good story and a great person like Zion to, uh, to help really revive the city again. Uh, and then he'll take that second contract and go wherever he wants, but he's not going back to college
1: The city of New Orleans just experienced its second Fat Tuesday. This is Adeshina quick and you're listening to the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. It's episode number 37 in your ear right now. And once again, we have to go through this song and dance. We apologize. It's been a while since we produced the podcast, but we promise you that this will be our last mea culpa in terms of not producing podcasts for you. Uh, we have interviews lined up over the next few weeks, so we will have podcasts coming out fast and furious over the next few weeks but hopefully you've been following us on our social media platforms as well as on a lot of sportstalk.com we just finished covering uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs in Big D where the Dallas Stars advanced to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs we were in Phoenix, Arizona just covered a baseball game between the Pirates and Arizona Diamondbacks and personally I uh, was in Boston, Massachusetts covering the first two rounds of the NBA playoffs, Boston advancing uh, to the second round, sweeping Indiana, but then losing to the Milwaukee Bucks, currently playing in the Eastern Conference Final against the Toronto Raptors. We hope to be in Toronto uh, early next week, covering Game 4 of the series between the Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks. Sticking with the NBA, our first Guest on this episode number 37 of the Lotta Sports Talk Podcast is ESPN and Big Ten Network analyst Brooke Weisbrod, who was in the Hilton, Chicago, this past Tuesday for the NBA draft lottery won by the New Orleans. Pelicans, they had a 6% chance of getting the number one overall pick, and they got the number one overall pick, and the presumptive choice uh to be the number one pick, Zion Williamson, was in attendance in Chicago, as well as his Duke teammate from this past year, R.J. Barrett, and we get a chance to talk with Brooke about what the atmosphere was like at the Hilton Chicago as... The Bulls and the Knicks had their hearts crushed uh, that they did not get the number one pick. Number one goes to New Orleans. Number two goes to the Memphis Grizzlies. I mentioned R.J. Barrett was there as well as Ja Morant, the electrifying point guard out of Murray State. So we asked Brooke Weisbrod. Who would you take if you were building your team at number two, John Morant or R.J. Barrett? So, uh, Brooke Weisbrod back on the of Sports Talk podcast. It's such a pleasure talking with her and also a pleasure talking with Lindsay Rowley, who is the studio host and reporter, normally, for Nashville Predators games on Fox Sports Tennessee, but she is now with the Carolina Hurricanes at least for uh, the rest of this postseason. Carolina, a surprise run to the Eastern Conference Final in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs. And after her responsibilities were done with covering the Nashville Predators, Lindsey Rowley tagged along with the Carolina Hurricanes on Fox Sports Carolinas. So we talk with her about the run that the Hurricanes have made and catching up with the Hurricanes. And a lot of sports fans are catching up in figuring out what has made the Hurricanes so good in this Stanley Cup playoff run. And we asked uh, Lindsay about that. And we also asked Lindsey Rowley about Hamilton. Not the play. Not the president. The 90-pound pot-bellied pig that has become the unofficial mascot of the Carolina Hurricanes. So a fun podcast for you. Lindsey Rowley talking Carolina Hurricanes as well as Nashville Predators. Uh, but first, our featured interview Brooke Weisbrode of ESPN and the Big Ten Network talking NBA Draft Lottery, as well as the 2019 NBA Playoffs. So sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast. I know you will, and we will see you at the very end of the show. Outside of the four teams currently waging battle in the conference finals, hoping for a spot in the 2019 NBA Finals, the team that's probably the most happy right now in the NBA is the new orleans pelicans that after winning the two thousand nineteen nba draft lottery which took place on tuesday and Zion Williamson, the presumptive number one choice in the 2019 draft, was present at the Hilton Chicago for the NBA Draft Lottery. So was John Morant. So was R.J. Barrett, the presumptive top three picks in the 2019 NBA Draft. You know who else was there at the Hilton Chicago? ESPN's and Big Ten Network's Brooke Weisbrod was also at the hilton chicago uh she joins us right now on the a lot of sports talk podcast first of all brooke how are you doing and most importantly given the last time we met in new york city at msg how are your ankles holding up
0: (laughs) how are you gonna call me out on your podcast now i gotta tell this story (laughs) (laughs) you don't know it's all good It, it makes for a good story because you know here we are four minutes left in the entire college basketball season and I'm walking back to my position. It's, I'm not on my phone. I'm not distracted. I'm not rushing. And I just step on a cable underneath the rug. And the next thing I know, uh, my ankle had totally dislocated. And there's about 10 Madison Square security guards standing around here trying to help me. And I was okay. My ankle's great. Thank you. Um, and I've actually been doing uh, a little bit of physical therapy because I noticed my, my back started acting up a little bit later. I'm oh like, no. okay, now we really are getting a little older. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you know what? Listen, <laughs> it, it, it's all good because, you know, if it takes toward the end of the season for that to happen, then that's, that's a good sign. At least it wasn't
1: early. Okay, well, I'm happy that you're feeling so much better. My apologies for, I guess, putting you on blast for a story that I think <laughs> only a few people on the inside knew before that. Um, and yes, it's. Still in the T.S. <laughs> yes. Uh, the buzz about the NBA draft lottery was felt all across the country, especially here in New York, given that there was a good chance or a decent chance that the Knicks would be uh, the team that that would have gotten the number one draft selection, but it wasn't. It was the New Orleans Pelicans. The buzz here in New York, the buzz in uh, Phoenix and Atlanta was palpable. How was the buzz at the hotel in Chicago? You were there. Tell me about that experience. Well, that's a, that's a perfect
0: way to describe it. Uh, the entire room let out Well, because it was in Chicago, the entire room let out a collective gasp When the Bulls get seven, they're supposed to be a top four pick. This has been one of the unluckiest NBA teams in the last 10 years. And as it got down to the last four, you know, people's eyes started to get really big. You had New York on one side, you have L.A., you got New Orleans, and you got Memphis. What are the chances some of these smaller markets are going to win out? And here we are with New Orleans, and when that was announced, basically that was New Orleans was going to get the number one pick. I was sitting, uh, maybe five, seven feet from Zion Williamson and from RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish. And I think Zion was so shocked, he wasn't really sure how to respond. I think it, it was one of the few things that has, that might have thrown him off. I don't think he, none of us expected it. Mm-hmm. And he interviewed with, uh, our, our, uh, host Maria Taylor for the evening right afterwards and she said how do you feel and he said you know i i don't know i'm not really sure how i feel and i think we can all wrap our heads around that right because yeah. we're thinking what does this mean is he gonna is he gonna play there and then as of yesterday brian Windhorst puts out the thought that hey he might return to duke no chance <laughs> he is going back to college now this man loves coach k i have witnessed it they he, he just is would bleed Duke blue for the rest of his life if he could. But at the same time, he'd be silly not to take an opportunity in New Orleans and turn it into something amazing for that city that, you know, quite honestly could use a, a lot of energy into, into it and could use a feel-good story and a great person like Zion to, uh, to help really revive the city again. Um, and then he'll take that second contract and go wherever he wants. But he's not going back to college.
1: No, I don't think so either. Uh, you mentioned uh, the shock uh that almost everyone felt if not everyone maybe except for Alvin Gentry uh in terms of uh <laughs> yeah. the New Orleans Pelicans be- uh getting the number 1 pick is that enough for Anthony Davis who was very public in his uh request to uh move on with his Uh, NBA career, a.k.a. leave New Orleans. Uh, Do you think that this would be enough, in in your opinion, to have Anthony Davis think about it once again, knowing that more than likely Zion Williamson uh, is going to be his teammate in a couple of months? If I'm Anthony
0: Davis, no. Getting Zion Williamson is not enough to secure a solid chance at an NBA championship. He doesn't have enough time. He needs to be around proven that he needs to be around guys who are you know still young in the in the league but have grown and can take on the big moments. Um, he's such a, a brilliant player that he's the guy you want to build around. Yes, but I think I look at him as almost like a kdc You know, if you could add him to an already existing very good team, you are instantly a contender. Uh, New Orleans is not going to be that with Zion Williamson as a rookie I think he can be a great player Um, I think he's got some work to do on his outside shot so I I, I think we're going to see some amazing plays from him jaw-dropping plays and dunks and then as he gets better and puts more work in just like LeBron did he'll become a reliable outside shooter
1: once again, Brooke Weisbrod of ESPN and the Big Ten Network joining us talking basketball, college, pro-NBA draft, and the NBA playoffs as well. Uh, you started to break down Zion's game a little bit, and I'm glad you did because 99.9% chance uh, Zion Williamson goes one. Then you have the Memphis Grizzlies at number two, and you have two very Interesting talents uh, with John Morant from Murray State, the point guard, and RJ Barrett, the swing uh, from Duke University. You got to see both up close. You got to know them, got to talk with them. I'm going to put the general manager's hat on you. Um, <laughs> if you had the opportunity to pick either uh, John Morant or RJ Barrett, I know things differ depending on the team and depending on need. And I think as of right now, some experts would think that the Grizzlies would go towards John Morant, given that he would be the perfect successor to Mike Conley Jr. at point guard. But you're the general manager. Um, who would you go with, uh, John Morant or R.J. Barrett at that number two spot?
0: First of all, I love this question. And I'm not going to give you the fluff about uh, roster or contracts or yeah. what other team. I'm going to tell you like who I'm picking straight from my gut. And it's John Morant. All day. And here's the only reason why. I've seen them both play, and what I think differentiates um, a, a Ja Morant from RJ Barrett is Ja's ability to elevate the play of his teammates. RJ will get you 60 some nights. He's going to be that James Harden type player who is going to become unstoppable offensively on his own. Where where Ja will be a piece will be he'll, he'll be a scoring point guard, and he loves to study the game. So much that this head coach at Murray State told me that during practice, Ja will look over and dissect the play before he even starts speaking about it. So to have that kind of hungry mind and and facilitator and, and somebody that is uh, you know he, he possesses the same joy that Zion does when he plays. Um, so for that for those reasons, uh, I take Jaw. I think RJ is a brilliant player. He's going to be having an amazing NBA career. Uh, I, I just feel like if I had to pick between the two, I'm just going to go with Josh.
1: You know you're breaking Knicks fans' hearts all over the place, right? As you say Stop. this?
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for the Knicks fans because they, they need a break, too. I'm over <laughs> here in Chicago whining, like, true, oh. Very so, true. Yeah, we, Addy, we could spend a whole hour just talking about the Knicks, and maybe one day we'll do that because I just I, I want the Knicks to be good. So, I mean, come on, they're, they're the Knicks. Why are yeah. the Lakers and the Knicks and
1: the Bulls in the playoffs? Like, What are we doing? Unfathomable. What is going on? Uh, if we do have that hour conversation about the Knicks or Bulls, uh, we will definitely make sure to have a good amount of stress balls to have in our hands as we <laughs> talk about uh, the plights of these teams and hopefully one day the uh, ascension of those teams once again. Again, Brooke Weissbro joining us. And uh, again, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Um you've watched the whole actually before i get to maybe a sleeper uh uh pick that you like of all the different college basketball players that you've seen um this past year you saw john Morant in person i believe you were there at the ohio valley conference tournament uh when murray state won the conference tournament over a team that also ended up in the ncaa tournament the bruins of belmont Uh, um Is there any word or words that you can use to describe watching John Morant? Because we got, uh, I got the opportunity to watch John Morant in Hartford uh, when Murray State beat Marquette and John Morant put up a triple-double. I was speechless. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you have any words, (laughs) all right, after watching John Morant in person and the impact uh, that he has just uh, as a fellow basketball junkie watching him is there are there any words that you could come up with while watching him in person and electrify the crowd
0: well I would say his game is a blend of Russell Westbrook uh, Rondo with a little bit of like Jordan Kobe on the side uh, maybe you know some spice of Jordan and Kobe <laughs> but built around Westbrook and, and Rondo uh, he's, so, he's so fluid in the way that he moves that He's creating literally on the spot. He avoids contact. He's he's not going to be injury prone in, in my opinion because he's not going to get out there and, and take the beatings. Um, he needs to definitely add strength, and he'll do that. And you know, somebody like Steph Curry who's survived just fine is being having a smaller frame than the NBA. Um, but you know, Ja likes to attack, so he's he's really going to have to put on that muscle that uh, Westbrook put on, so that when he comes to the rim real powerfully and. You know, Giannis wants to meet him there, he's not going to send him into the fifth row, like, his whole body. Um, so that's the only thing I think that John needs to work on is, is that core strength and, uh, and he, just the ability to take hits. Um, but his his game is a bit transcendent. Um, it's it's just really graceful, and it's fun to watch, and, and you feel like it comes easy to him because he studied the game so well, and he can see two or three passes ahead.
1: Yeah. Uh, once again Brooke Westboro joining us she is currently at the NBA Combine uh, in Chicago and we've talked about the players who are going to more than likely go 1, 2, and 3 uh, are there any players uh, off the top of your mind that you can think of that may not be a, a top 5 pick or may not even be in the first round but given what you've seen from them uh, during all the games that you have covered the past year or two years that you believe in the next Three to four years will be an impact player uh, in the NBA, whether you see that person in the NBA combine right now or not. Just anyone off the top of your head, you're thinking, you know what, after seeing him, uh, I think he will be an impact uh, in the league, even though he may not go in the top five, let's say.
0: That's a great question, too, Addy. Um, I, and I talked about somebody the other night that I you know, I think still is getting very overlooked, and that's Grant Williams from Tennessee. Yeah. The work that this man has already put in to reshape his body while he's at college, uh, he's already exhibiting a a pro schedule with that. He's very disciplined. He's extremely humble and loves, he really loves to work very hard. So uh, I I feel like anybody that gets him on the roster is going to get somebody that's almost like a, gosh, I'm trying to think who he 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 compares to. Probably uh, Iguodala. I think he's an Iguodala type player, Mm. honestly. Wow.
1: Uh, so look yeah, out for Grant Williams in, in five years. No, I love I know, I love Grant Williams. Uh, he is someone you know he can he plays below the rim as well as any person that I have seen uh, uh, this season, and uh, he just produces. And he more than anybody else, well maybe outside of Rick Barnes, uh, the reason why Tennessee uh was just a step away from the elite 8. I mean, they were a final four quality team the past couple of years and uh he was the uh, main reason why. Uh we now we're talking uh NBA playoffs. You mentioned uh the Bucks and some of the teams that are still alive. Is there anything that happened in the NBA playoffs that really caught your eye or surprised you? Maybe outside of the Kawhi Leonard shot? I guess the Philadelphia 76 is <laughs> almost giving everybody a coronary uh, just uh, what have been your biggest highlights of the NBA playoffs so far and hopefully, and what are you still looking out for uh, as we are at the final four of the NBA stage
0: my favorite part of the playoffs so far is are, are the impact players who we we weren't really talking about as much as we should should have been maybe at the beginning of the year right you guys game you know, CJ McCollum, Giannis, Kawhi, these are guys that, that would arrive to the arena in sweatpants, and probably do, you know, they're not, they're not a part of the big social media movement that uh, so many other guys are about, and it's it's a nice change of pace, I think it's really cool. Uh, I, I was surprised that Golden State so effortlessly held off Portland, uh, I think Portland's legs were just a little too tired for game one, so... You know, I think they're going to be putting up a much stronger fight, and and they're going to get Golden State a tough time. Even though everybody I talk to, they're no, they're going to get swept, and like they're not going to get swept. They're really not. It's not happening. Okay. So that's uh that's something I feel like. You know, I just feel like Portland has a lot of grit and chemistry that you can't put a stat on, um, but that really can get them at, at a at a place to win a championship. Yeah. Um, and then it's nice to see Giannis do his thing and, and really evolve as one of the better players. The NBA because I, you know, trying to describe his game is also impossible because had not seen it from someone that size.
1: You're on the record uh, saying that the Trailblazers will not be swept. Uh, are you also on the record that you're more of a sweatpants person than maybe a jeans or dress uh, type of person as well? You mentioned the sweatpants. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, now that depends on the situation. Like okay. Right now, I'm at the Combine in sneakers. I got some, I got some yoga pants on or tights, whatever, and, and a hoodie. Mm-hmm. And at the at the lottery, you know, you gotta you gotta mix it up. You might want to wear a dress, so it's just it's that's a that can change on based on the moment,
1: right? Can, <laughs> you can fair enough. Know me, you know,
0: I love these sweatpants. <laughs> I right. had a choice sweatpants oh. all
1: day. <laughs> uh, I'll get you out on. Uh, I'm with you on that. Um, I will get you out on. Well, as long as I can find sweatpants uh, that can fit my waist, because i have kind of a weird ish shaped body where my waist isn't as big, but. My thighs are so I got to find like the right actual sweatpants uh, that'll work. Uh, but it, okay, too much information. I know. Anyway, I bet Lululemon. Check out
0: Lululemon. I bet. You, I bet they have
1: something for you. Oh, oh, oh I, I will do that. And nice uh... product placement uh, on our podcast as well. <laughs> um, uh, Matt, you got to, okay? Actually, yeah. Okay, now I know what the last question was. Um, I I think last year, a couple of years ago, uh, you had worked on. Uh, basketball camp that uh, was for either elementary school or for high school students that really focused on fundamentals. I I might be wrong on that. Uh, What's your summer looking like? And I believe that that camp is around again. Just take me through uh, uh, what your summer is going to be and if you're doing any more instructional tutorial type of things uh, on the basketball court this summer. Yes, I am. I'm so glad you asked
0: me about that. Uh, It's called Skills and Score. And it's an organization uh, that puts on sports camps and clinics for Chicago Public School kids. And we are doing something this summer where we're take, I am having a basketball camp, uh, and I'm also creating a broadcast camp. And the broadcast camp is going to cover the basketball camp. So we're going we're to have some fun with that and uh, give the give the kids some live action to go out there and, and basically cover sports. So uh, it's going to be really fun. It's, uh, it's July 15th through the 26th i haven't put out registration for it yet but if you're listening to this podcast and you're a chicago public school student between sixth grade and 12th grade uh hit up skillsandscore.com and uh that's that's where the registration will be open so should be out there pretty soon and and it's it's gonna be great i can't wait
1: skillsandscore.com correct you got okay. it. If in the event uh, you need some washed up broadcaster to help out with that and if that person oh is available Oh my god. Right. July 15th 2022 need some help. Yeah, well, I think that should be around the time of Big 10 football media days which usually is in Chicago, which I have gone to in the past. So, um, yeah, I, yeah I definitely, good thinking. All right, yes, I'm uh, thinking out loud, thinking out loud. So, yes, yeah, skillsandscore.com, Brooke Weisbrode of ESPN and the Big Ten Network, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you for not holding it against me, for uh, putting out some uh, confidential information out there to the public about uh, what happened at MSG. Brooke, have fun at the NBA Combine. It is a pleasure to catch up with you again, and we will catch up with you again uh, maybe in a couple of months.
0: Uh, You're the best. Thank
1: you. It has come to a shock to a lot of fans that the Carolina Hurricanes, making their first playoff appearance in a decade, have advanced to the eastern conference final waging battle right now with the boston bruins with a chance to represent the eastern conference in the stanley cup final and win the uh, prince of wales trophy but probably not as much of a shock as what nashville predators fans are experiencing right now seeing one of their beloved reporters currently reporting For a different Southern NHL franchise, at least for the time being. We are pleased to be joined right now by Lindsay Rowley, Emmy Award winning reporter and studio host for the Nashville Predators games on Fox Sports Tennessee. But as of right now and for purposes of this podcast, she is the studio host on Fox Sports Carolinas for the Carolina Hurricanes playoff coverage on Fox Sports Carolina's at least in the 2019 uh Stanley Cup playoffs. First of all, Lindsay, thank you so very much for joining us and how are you enjoying this hockey double duty so far?
0: <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm I'm really really loving it. And you know, I have gotten uh, you you touched on it. I am normally covering the Nashville Predators and of course, I would love it if the preds were still in the playoffs, but unfortunately, they took an early exit, but I've had lots of concerns on twitter and things like that but i am still smashville still home i'm i'm still the a predator's employee however i did get this incredible opportunity um fox sports came to me and asked if i would like to switch over just for the playoffs and kind of help cover the carolina hurricanes and the post game shows and it has been an absolute blast so far
1: Mm -hmm. uh so Nashville Predators fans just rest easy Lindsay is Smashville through And through still as she just (laughs) confirmed uh, With us right now Uh, I think your experience Right now with the Carolina Hurricanes is a shared Experience with many fans Who are not die hard uh, Carolina Hurricanes fans trying to Catch up and figure out how this team uh, turned it around in the 2019 portion of the 2018-2019 schedule and have gotten to the point where they defeated uh, the defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals and then swept uh, the New York Islanders as well. So you've immersed yourself with the Hurricanes at least a couple of times a a year because of the Predators and Hurricanes uh, playing, but uh, what are some of the things When jumping into and studying this Hurricanes team, what are some of the things that have really jumped out at you as you started to really dive in and really uh, understand and uh, put your finger on the pulse of the Carolina Hurricanes in terms of how this team has gotten this far?
0: Well, as you said, uh, they they did have a hot start to the playoffs, and everybody knows that it does not matter if you're coming in as a one seed or an eight seed. It is all about if you can get hot, come playoff time. And that's exactly what the Carolina Hurricanes have been able to do. It's one of those teams where you just can never count them out. I mean, you look at, <clears throat> excuse me, game seven and, and of the first round and it looked like they were going to get knocked out and they were able to battle back and push that game to overtime. So it's one of those things where I just think this is a team that it does not matter what the scoreboard is. And I think a lot of that you can attribute to head coach Rod Brindamore. He's definitely a player's coach. He's this guy. He knows how to motivate his players. And, and, you know, he's definitely one of those coaches who's very humble and never wants to take any credit for himself and always deflects all of the positive energy on his players. But he really is an incredible coach from a decision-making standpoint, from his lines, from the way he knows who to put – what players to put together and when it's time to shake things up. And, and you can just tell, speaking with these players and being around them and the way that they play the game, how much respect they have for their head coach. And especially with him being a rookie coach, it really speaks volumes about him and, and the future that he has in the NHL being a head coach. So, um, so far, it's been really, really fun to watch. And it all boils down, like I said, to what team can get the hottest in the playoffs. And so far, I think majority of people would agree, even putting Game 1 aside of the Eastern Conference Final. But so far, the Carolina Hurricanes have been that team that has been the hottest here in the postseason.
1: Uh, you mentioned Rod Brindamore and uh, his uh, rookie season uh, as uh, a head coach behind the bench with the Hurricanes, and he was the captain of the uh, Hurricanes team that did win uh, the Stanley Cup in 2006. And I'm, I'm just wondering, uh, during this playoff run, uh, Carolina has dealt with... A rash of injuries going back to the Washington series with Andrei Sveshnikov and Michael Furlan uh, getting hurt. The Islanders series, Peter Morazic uh, gets hurt. Curtis McElhenney has to step in and goal and has done uh, really well. Trevor, Ram- Trevor Van Reemstuyck got hurt as well, and some of those players have come back and others, uh, specifically Van Reemstuyck, will not be back. Uh, and as I said, you mentioned Rob Bindemore. How has he and this team dealt with these rash of injuries? And what's been the most impressive part of some of the other players uh, having to step up uh, despite uh, all of these injuries in some high-level, high-stress situations?
0: Well, I think the results kind of speak for themselves as far as how the team has dealt with the injuries. Because even with guys coming in and out of the lineup and Coach Brendamore having to shake up the line, despite all of that, putting aside game one, they've still been able to win. And, I mean, you touched on Peter Mrazik. To me, he's one of the had the main story coming in to this round was was he going to be able to go even though Curtis McElhaney came in played incredible having to come in halfway through a game in that kind of a pressure situation and play the way he did and finish out the series for the Hurricanes I thought that was just extremely impressive but Peter Morazic has been incredible for Carolina and for him to come back in even though you look at the score last night and you you say five to two and that that looks rough uh, you know Peter Morazic still made several Huge save to keep his team in the game. Those last two goals you kind of have to negate. One was empty net and one was just a bad turnover there at the end of the game, in my opinion. So I I think Peter Morazic really stepped up. It'll be interesting. There has been some talk, you know, will they go back to Curtis McElhaney? Just my opinion. I think they'll probably stick with Peter Morazic because he did play very well in game one. Um, But, you know, obviously the coaching staff, they know best. Coach Brendan Moore has proven that. So we'll see. It should be interesting on Sunday to see whether they stick with Peter Morazic or maybe potentially go back to Curtis McElhaney but going back to your original question there has been a lot of injuries coming in and out of this lineup and and you asked how has the team dealt with it the best answer I can give you is look at the win column that's how they have dealt with it they've stepped up no matter what the lineup has been
1: uh, Lindsey Rowley joining us uh, for Fox Sports Tennessee and currently uh, contributing to Fox Sports Carolinas with the Carolina Hurricanes playoff coverage uh, for the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, you have spent some time uh, at PNC Arena, uh, the home arena for the Carolina Hurricanes as well, and I am sure that it is at a fever pitch and then some uh, during the games. Uh, given that a couple of years ago we spoke while the Nashville Predators were making their Stanley Cup run. Uh, are, are there a lot of similarities between PNC Arena uh, and Bridgestone Arena in terms of the atmosphere, in terms of the fans, and even in terms of kind of the location? Southern cities that are probably more known for. Uh, rooting for football teams and NASCAR and Southern has Hospitality and uh, maybe barbecue as well. Do you see a lot of similarities uh, between PNC Arena and Bridgestone Arena uh, from a couple of years ago? And what is it like uh, being at PNC Arena uh, during these uh, Carolina Hurricanes playoff games? Well, uh, that's a
0: tough question because. As far as the arenas go, they're polar opposites because okay. Bridgestone Arena is downtown on Broadway, surrounded by bars, and PNC Arena, there is nothing around it at all. Um, it's, I don't want to say out in the middle of nowhere, but there's nothing around it at all. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as the actual like physical location of the arenas, they're completely different. But as far as the fan bases go, I would definitely agree that there are a lot of similarities, and especially... Just the way that, for example, Nashville rallied around the Nashville Predators when they made their big run, that's the same way that Raleigh has really rallied around this team. It's really been fun to see. I mean, you look at downtown Raleigh, even last night with it being an away game, they had thousands of people out on the street, shut down the main drag. It was incredible to see, just people everywhere. You know, we were broadcasting a show from PNC Arena, but they had the watch parties downtown, so we had cameras downtown capturing all of it, and it was so exciting to see all of the fans just how much they've just jumped on board with this team, and, and how supportive and crazy it's been. And I can tell you from Ross Round being at home in those arenas, it was crazy. I mean, you could barely hear yourself think at, at, at certain points. And you know, I really love that PNC. They do this welcome in as a, you know a two minute countdown clock before the team comes out to the ice, and they start the clock starts winding down, and that's when the team hits the ice when it hits zero. And it just gets louder and louder and louder. And when it hits zero, they have a camera in the locker room that shows the team coming out onto the ice. And at that point, when it hits zero, it is just as loud as can be in that arena. And they've really done a great job with that atmosphere here in the playoffs. So as far as fan bases, getting crazy, having fun, uh, you know, really rallying behind the team, very similar in that way. And I've been really impressed with the Carolina Hurricanes fans. They've been incredible.
1: Uh, I think uh, for a lot of the casual fans, uh, some have picked up on the whole storm surge, uh, the uh, uh, celebrations that they've had, the hurricanes have had on the ice after uh, wins in the regular season at least I know they've tamped that down uh, during the postseason and that's brought a lot of attention uh, especially from um, hockey commentators uh, uh, north of the border specifically with Don Cherry uh, from Hockey Night in Canada and his, his coach's corner calling uh, I guess the team quote a bunch of jerks and that's something uh, that they have embraced you've seen the t-shirts all around uh, PNC Arena Is do you think that uh, of course the fans have embraced it uh, the ownership has embraced it. Of course, they've printed it on shirts and they've sold it. Uh, do you think the players have embraced this whole bunch of jerks uh, mentality? I'm sure they have, at least with their celebrations. Uh, but do you think they've embraced that and turned that into a uh, almost chip on their shoulder during this run? Maybe. Um,
0: I don't know about a chip on the shoulder, but I mean, they definitely have embraced it in the way of the celebrations. They don't do the celebrations in the postseason. Yeah. So they haven't really embraced it in that way. But um, but um I think, yeah, throughout the season, they definitely embraced in the regular season. And, and it, and it get, definitely fired them up a little bit. And it's definitely, tr- I mean, there's no bad blood or anything because it's honestly turned into something that's really awesome. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily something that I don't want to say fired them up, made them angry, anything like that. But they definitely embraced that saying of a bunch of jerks. And it was really awesome. when And like you said, uh, all the the fans have really embraced it. Lots of T shirts. You see it all around town. It's really cool to see. But um, I, I think from a fan base standpoint, absolutely, definitely embrace it. And the players, of course, during regular season, because if they didn't embrace it, they probably would have stopped doing celebrations. <laughs> so exactly. they obviously did embrace it because they 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 continued with those celebrations, which were really entertaining to watch.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite celebration uh, from the celebrations fi- you might might have uh, seen in the past? Oh my gosh. Uh, You
0: know, honestly, probably not, because they're all equally. I mean, I was just always excited to see what they would come up with next, because they were always so creative.
1: Yeah, Uh, I think I would have to go with the uh, Duck, Duck, Goose one, since I think the last time I played it, I was seven. That Uh, was a good one. (laughs) Uh, So once again, Lindsay Rowley joining us, uh, contributing uh, as studio uh, host for Fox Sports Carolinas during the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, playoff run, but also working for uh, Fox Sports Tennessee as the National Predators. Uh, studio host and we've been talking about uh, all of the things that have made the Carolina Hurricanes who they are uh, during the Stanley Cup run, but be honest uh, the best part about being around the Carolina Hurricanes is being around a 90 pound pot belly pig Uh, tell me about Hamilton
0: (laughs) Hamilton is so much fun we love Hamilton (laughs) he is incredible, you know he's he's been on all of our post-game shows when we're at when the team is at home he's been right in front of the desk the entire time tail wagging so excited and you know my uh, my analyst and I Shane Willis we sit we stand ringside during the game and do social media hits and Hamilton is always right next to us and his owners are always feeding him fruit and, and you know it does get a little loud in there for Hamilton sometimes so they have to cover his ears and it's, it's, it's very very sweet and he's been Definitely a very welcome co- contribution to the Hurricanes fan base, but he also every I, and I'm not sure if you know, but every game that he's been to, the team has won. So he is six and zero right now. Hmm. Um, so he was he was down down Raleigh last night. But, Of course he did. He did not make the trip to Boston. So it'll be interesting to see if he can continue his streak when the Hurricanes come back to Raleigh.
1: Gotcha. Well, I, I'm sure Hurricanes fans at some point, and I know it's kind of tough to herd. Uh, pig from Raleigh, North Carolina and uh, fly it up to uh, Beantown, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but who knows? Maybe if uh, there is a Game 7 or a must-win game uh, in Boston, maybe uh, Hamilton uh, uh, and, never know. and his owners <laughs> will make uh, the trip. Uh, I can't have you on uh, Talking Hockey without talking about uh, the Nashville Predators as well. Uh, they had another uh, really, really good season. Uh, it went down to the last game where they had to beat Chicago to win the division. They came back in that game, uh, won their last regular season game, won the division, uh, but their season ended in uh disappointing fashion, as you mentioned, the first round uh, in Dallas in six games. Uh, I guess what went right uh, for the Nashville Predators this season? and I guess uh, what was their... Uh, I guess downfall. I know uh, they had a power play that just never really fired uh, all season long. They tried to address it, and it never really uh, came through, um, and it you know let them down in that series. Uh, how would you describe uh, the 2018-2019 Nashville Predators season? Uh?
0: No, you're definitely right. That you know the power play was frustrating. For I mean, putting me aside and the fan base aside, I mean just knowing the coaches and the players. I mean, they really. Did. I mean, it's not one of those things where it's like they never worked on it. They worked on it all the time, and you know, Coach Laviolette always telling me how much that they were they were working on it. So it wasn't something where the effort wasn't there. But like you said, they did certainly struggle in that area throughout the season, and then in the postseason, of course. But throughout the season, you know, there was a lot of different factors that contributed to this being a successful season. I mean, you can point obviously to Pecorine. he had an incredible season, and all, as well as UC Soros. Um, that was just a great tandem for the Nashville Predators to have full confidence, whether it was Pekka going or it was UC going. Um, and in, in years to come, that's going to be a really fun duo to watch develop in the way that UC steps up more and probably gets more games in the future. So that'll be fun to watch for. But as a whole, I mean, big seasons for guys like Victor Arvidsson, um, you know, on that top line he had incredible season especially considering he wasn't even in the entire season he suffered an injury and was out for a chunk of the season and still managed to break records and set records for the Nashville Predators as far as offensive production goes so he was incredible that top line altogether was great between Victor Arvidsson Ryan Johansson and Philip Forsberg um definitely going to be a highly anticipated line for next year because they have they have big shoes to fill from the year that they had this year they were absolutely great and then defensively uh, I think the Nashville Predators lived up to their reputation as far as having one of the best defenses in the league and Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis and Matthias Atcom, P.K. Subban. Um, I could go on, but people just stepping up. You know, Dante Fabro is going to be one of those guys who's going to be really fun to watch. Joined the team late, very young guy, and was able to come out and be a very solid defenseman for the Nashville Predators. I'm really excited to see what he does in upcoming years. So, yes, it did end shorter than the Nashville Predators would have liked, However, I think it's safe to say that the future is very bright, especially with the youth they have on this team and proven that playing at their top level, man, it's tough for them anybody to compete with the Nashville Predators when they're playing at their highest level. Yes. Uh,
1: I think uh, after a couple of year, I think a couple of years ago after we talked about the Predators, you jumped uh, to covering uh, the ACC baseball season, baseball tournament. Um, I'm wondering, now that you've done Predators and now you're with the Carolina Hurricanes, I think you may be doing ACC baseball as well. I'm wondering, do you ever get any rest?
0: <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> uh, the national They're great. Nashville Predators and Fox are great about giving me some time to rest. Once kind of the dust settles, you are right, I will be doing ACC baseball again this year, but the perk of that is that the A C baseball game, t- excuse me, tournament is in Raleigh. Oh, so if whoa. the Carolina Hurricanes continue, I, it's in Raleigh-Durham. It's at the, the Durham Bulls stadium. Yeah. So I would be able to kind of bounce back and forth if needed. Uh, that, I don't know if I would wish that upon myself because <laughs> it would be really crazy, but it would be a lot of fun as well because I love doing the to baseball tournament every year. And of course I am thoroughly enjoying my run with the Carolina Hurricanes. So I would not be complaining at all, but once all of that is over, I'll get some time to rest, go see my family in Columbus, Ohio, and and travel with some friends and, and family. So um, I'm kind of I'm looking forward to it, but in the same token, I'm kind of not because I'm having so much fun with the Hurricanes, and I always look forward to the AFC Baseball Tournament. So although it'll be nice to get some rest, um, I'm really enjoying my time right now. Yes.
1: And you can show all your friends and family all of the selfies that you've taken with Hamilton. So I'm <laughs> very, very excited.
0: Oh, yes. Hamilton. <laughs> my new best
1: friend exactly (laughs) uh lindsey rowley of fox sports tennessee and for the time being fox sports carolinas thank you so very much for joining us and continue to have a whole lot of fun covering the national hockey league and specifically uh the Nashville predators going forward and the carolina hurricanes uh during the stanley cup run thank you so very much for taking the time out and we will definitely catch up with you again uh, down the road and very soon awesome sounds good
0: thank you so much for having me on
1: Honestly, who doesn't want a ninety-pound pot pig as a pet? Uh, we sincerely thank Lindsey Rowley as well as Brooke Weisbrod for making episode number thirty-seven of the Alotta Sports Talk podcast an epic one. And we guarantee you that the next few podcasts to be released coming up will be as epic as this one. So make sure you are following us on social media. If you are on Twitter, follow us at a lost a l o s t. Underscore official. If you want to find us on Instagram or Facebook, just type a lots of sports talk and you will find us. So please download our podcast. If you're listening on Apple podcasts or on Google play music. Thank you very much. Uh, we will soon be on Spotify and Patreon, so look out for that as well. And when you download these podcasts and listen to these podcasts, please leave feedback. We want your feedback. We'd love your feedback, but it doesn't have to be positive feedback, just honest feedback about our episodes. Uh, we want you to have as much fun listening to these podcasts as we had putting these podcasts together and doing these interviews as well. So it would mean a whole lot to us if you can provide some feedback for our show. So once again, thank you so very much for listening to episode number 37 of the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. Episode number 38 will be out next week. And again, follow us on social media as well as our website, a lot of sportstalk.com. Thank you so very much for joining us. My name is Adashina Koiki. We will see you next week for episode 38 of the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. Thank you so very much for listening. Again, this is Adesheena Koike. We hope you have a wonderful sports day. Take care. Bye bye.